holy sweet mother of God shit. Hello, hello, hello. What, what, the, what the hell are you doing? I hope no one's eating dinner. The next best thing, every Monday night from 10 until midnight on Radio Free Brooklyn. Fun for everyone except for dear Jesus. Something like that. Holy sweet mother of God, it is 10 o'clock on a Monday night, so you know what that means. Is it time for your favorite show ever? No! But it is time for the next best thing. I'm your host, Jonathan B. Lerner, keeping you company every Monday night from 10 until midnight right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Can you hear me? One second. Testing. One, two, three. Are we on? Great. Anywho, let's do the housekeeping that we always have to take care of. Let's just get it out of the way right off the top. You can tweet at us. We are at Next Best Radio. That's at Next Best Radio. Or go ahead and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook. A lot of stuff gets posted on our Facebook page, stuff that we talk about in any given episode, information, links to pertinent sites, all that stuff. Usually goes up on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash NBT radio. Also, if you're really feeling like you want to go all out and write it's more than 140 characters, more than something you'd feel comfortable posting on a Facebook wall. You can always feel free to send us an email. We are at nextbestthing at radiofreebrooklyn.org. And lastly, we do ask you to remember that we are fully listener and producer supported. If you like what you hear on Radio Free Brooklyn, if you like what you hear tonight, please consider going to our website, going to this show's page, and donating a little something something to keep us in business if you like what you hear tonight well a donation could ensure that you will get to hear more next week and the weeks after that uh if you feel so inclined you can go to rfb.nyc slash nbt again that's rfb.nyc slash nbt oh man that was exhausting wasn't it it was for me i'm sure it was for you too so that's all the housekeeping I can think of right now. If I've forgotten anything... Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Good. Did you guys miss me last week? I know I missed you. I did have a brief live message from Kansas City. I was back home in Kansas City for my sister's wedding. It went very well. It was beautiful. She looked beautiful. Everything seemed to come off without a hitch. The only real non-cooperator was the weather. The weather was not great, but we made do. And it wasn't outside anyway, so who gives a flying? Just kidding. I talked a little bit before I went to Kansas City about how I was going to give a toast, how that was a kind of an unusual job for me. I did not end up giving a toast. I'm used to singing or doing musical stuff. I ended up singing and doing musical stuff. It, I wasn't crazy about the song my sister picked, only because, I, you know, I like to pick songs that you wouldn't typically hear at a wedding. Anywho, the song ended up being great. It ended up it ended up going very well. I will say this. My last live show before heading to Kansas City for the wedding, I did something very, very unusual for me. I actually practiced the song live on the air. If you didn't hear it, thank God. However... Truly, that was very helpful. Now, while abhorrent to every instinct in my body to sing on this show, in this studio, I'm not a big self-promoter. And to have this show in the first place is, you know, pretty, in my mind, self-indulgent. But, the, but to then be like, okay, here's some music and it's me singing. <laughs> oh, 
just somebody shoot me with a tranquilizer gun. Abhorrent to every instinct in my body, but it was immensely helpful. Why? Because it reminded me that certain parts of that song were quite low for me, and they required an amount of breath and focus that could that can be tough to achieve when slightly nervous or amped up. It's kind of, you know, that's a struggle that singers have. When nerves are running crazy, it's hard to keep control of your breath and all that stuff. So singing this, singing live on the air, which felt so wrong, and being a little amped up and nervous reminded me of that. And I have to say, singing at the wedding, it came off without a hitch. So thank you for that. Tonight we're going to be joined by friend of the show, who you've come to know and love, Andrew Wilson, better known to listeners of this show as A. Willie. A. Willie? A. A. Willie. A. Willie. Yes, indeed. He's a scream and he will be here eventually. I believe he's stuck on an L train right now. What else is new? So, I'm going to take this time. There's so much to talk about because... I mean, there's just a lot of news to catch up on, if nothing else. So, let's get to it, shall we? We shall. So, a few weeks ago, actually, A. Willie was in studio. He and I talked about an article on ESPN in which Ryan Russell, a former NFL player who hopes to play again someday, came out as bisexual. Now, even at the time, I could tell I was being, I was really stumbling over my words. I couldn't quite, I don't know, make my point. I was struggling to get my point across, and I think I even said so at the time. Well, I was right, apparently, because a number of people have reached out, some simply to express their outrage and disgust with my rank homophobia. What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's me. What can I say? The people know me. But... I'm happy to say most people were actually just asking me to clarify and or explain what I meant, which I'm happy to do. The only point I was trying to make, and that I admittedly did a terrible job of making, was this. So, Ryan Russell, as I said, he played a year or two in the NFL and is currently a free agent, which means he's currently not on a team, which means he's currently not in the NFL. Based On various polls and studies, approximately 9 to 10% of all human beings are gay. Gay, not bisexual, but actually full-flown gay. 9 to 10%. So, statistically speaking, as I sit here right now, there are about 170 gay players in the NFL. If you take every, there's 32 teams, each team has, you know, a certain roster, I think it's like 56 or something. When you add it all up, statistically speaking, there are about 170 gay players. Now, could there be more? Sure. Could there be less? Of course. But my point is this. There are gay players in the NFL. There always have been. There always will be. There are gay players in Major League Baseball. In fact, when you take into account the minor league systems, there are well, there are thousands of gay players in Major League Baseball, about 40, give or take, in the NBA, and so on and so forth. Now, to my knowledge, the only ones who have ever publicly come out of the closet and been openly gay are Jason Collins, a very average NBA player who came out at the tail end of his career, 
Michael Sam, a football player who uh, a football player who was drafted 249th out of 256 players and never actually played in the NFL. So an athlete, but never played in the NFL. And now this guy, Ryan Russell, who, as I said, played two or three years and is currently without a team. So my only point two weeks ago or whenever that was, was that while I obviously commend all of these athletes for coming out and wish more would do it, I don't think we're going to see a real shift in the sports world or a real outpouring of all the gays in major league sports. I don't think we're going to see a real shift until someone like a Mike Trout or Steph Curry or Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady comes out. Think about that. Someone who is truly among the elite in their sport and frankly, who their teammates, coaches, owners, and respective leagues will have no choice but to accept. I mean, think about it. If Michael Jordan came out as gay back in 1996 in in the midst of leading the Bulls to yet another three-peat, I can't imagine anyone, even the most outrageous homophobe in Chicago, would have even wanted him cut. Hello, people like winning, and Michael Jordan was, above all else, a fierce winner. And think about this. If Michael Jordan, first of all, Michael Jordan's not gay, obviously, but my point is if someone like a Michael Jordan or a Tom Brady or a Mike Trout, for those of you who don't like baseball, Mike Trout is the equivalent to Michael Jordan in baseball, currently playing. Young, amazingly talented. Yeah. If someone like that came out of the closet, now think how much more comfortable that would make all of the players like a Michael Sam or a Ryan Russell or a Jason Collins. The people who, I mean, Michael Sam to this day will tell you that the only reason he never made an NFL roster was because he came out as gay. And whether or not that's true, and frankly, it could be. I mean, it really could be. Um, I'm not inclined to say that, and in fact, I'm inclined to be very skeptical of it. But the truth of the matter is he was ranked very highly before the draft. He was actually predicted, I think, to go uh, somewhere in the second round. He had won, I don't know what the exact name of the award is, but it was basically Best College Defensive Football Player. And all of that went out the window, I guess. Now, was it because he came out as gay? Can't say for sure, but it, I don't know. I don't know. But if Tom Brady came out as gay or Patrick Mahomes, what are they going to do? Cut him? Yeah. See how the people in Kansas City feel if you cut Patrick Mahomes. Do you think they care if he were to be gay? Again, he's not. But if he was, do you think the Kansas City Chiefs fans would, would be like, oh, well, in that case, screw him being the MVP. Screw him being our best hope for a Super Bowl in 50 years. No. So that was my only point. That was my one and only point. Yeah, that was it. I just, in terms of moving the needle and really changing things in sports, I think it's going to take something more than a peripheral player. It's going to take, it's going to take a Michael Jordan type. So anywho, that's really all I have to say about that. All right. 
You're listening to the next best thing. Here's what's making news tonight. I think that he is the most anti-democratic president that we have had in modern history. That really what Trump is talking about and it seems intent on doing is upending the world order as we have known it. A president is not permitted to receive cash and other benefits from foreign governments and yet Donald Trump is getting a steady flow of them. Uh, around the world and right here in the United States. That uh, is nakedly unconstitutional. Uh, this situation is a lot uh, worse, a lot more dangerous than Watergate. Uh, Nixon wasn't using the KGB uh, to try to win elections. Uh, this is a very dangerous situation. The Republican Party is allowing this to happen. Can he grow in this office? Can he understand these issues? Can he get better at it? God, we all pray that that's the case. But if he continues to operate this way, there are really serious questions about the credibility of the office and the trust the American people can have in this presidency. Having some understanding of uh, the levers of power that are available to a president, I found this uh, uh, downright scary and, and, uh, and disturbing. He cannot just go ahead and tweet. He cannot just say whatever the hell he wants. He's got to have some responsibility to the office and to the American people and to our national security. What we are watching in the Trump presidency is worse than Watergate. They are in a cover-up mode. There's just never been any question in my mind about that. I've been inside a cover-up. I know how they look and feel and everything, every signal they're sending is we're covering this up unless the Democrats grow a spine and do their constitutional duty and move into an impeachment inquiry. And I think the evidence will show ultimately an impeachment. I probably have a better idea as to what the president has to be held accountable for than anyone. The only person who knows better than I do is the president of the United States. He knows, he knows what his violations have been. But I can guarantee you this, he doesn't care. Yes, folks, it's finally happened. After years, really, probably about a, at least a year, certainly a number of months of reticence and hesitation and reluctance by Democrats, Nancy Pelosi in particular, who feared the political consequences of pursuing impeachment, it has finally happened. They've finally been pushed to the point where they have no other choice. The actions taken to date by the president have seriously violated the Constitution, especially when the president says, Article 2 says I can do whatever I want. For the past several months, we have been investigating in our committees and litigating in the courts so the House can gather all the relevant facts and consider whether to exercise its full Article I powers, including a constitutional power of the utmost gravity, approval of articles of impeachment. And this week, the president has admitted to asking the president of Ukraine to take actions which would benefit him politically. 
the, action of the, the actions of the Trump presidency revealed the dishonorable fact of the president's betrayal of his oath of office, betrayal of our national security, and betrayal of the integrity of our elections. Therefore, today, I'm announcing the House of Representatives moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry. I'm directing our six committees to proceed with their investigations under that umbrella of impeachment inquiry. The president must be held accountable. No one is above the law. Despite what he may tell you, he and his lawyers. Now, nobody can accuse, and yet people already have been, accusing Nancy Pelosi of just being overzealous and wanting to impeach him no matter what. That's horseshit, and anyone with a functional brain should know that. They had no choice. They had no choice at this point. The truth of the matter is Donald Trump, and this is undeniable, Donald Trump was technically guilty of impeachable offenses the second he was sworn into office. A president is not permitted to receive cash and other benefits from foreign governments, and yet Donald Trump is getting a steady flow of them uh, around the world and right here in the United States. That uh, is nakedly unconstitutional, and it is extraordinary that we'll have a president who's violating the constitutional conflicts clause, the so-called emoluments clause, uh, as soon as he takes the oath of office. And he was. The second he was sworn in, he was in violation of the emoluments clause. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, truly. I mean, since Donald Trump has taken office, it's been revealed through various reports, investigations, court documents, and whatnot, that Donald Trump, I mean, he could almost certainly be not just impeached, but be charged and convicted of, oh, I don't know, like we said, violating the Emoluments Clause by profiteering off of the presidency, violating at least eight campaign finance laws, 10 attempts to obstruct justice, as outlined in the Mueller report. Let's not forget here, folks, Donald Trump did everything he could possibly think of to try and kill the Mueller investigation. He fired FBI Director James Comey, constantly tried to bully Attorney General Jeff Sessions into getting directly involved with the investigation so that he could steer it any direction Donald Trump wanted. He made multiple calls to then White House counsel Don McGahn, telling him explicitly to get rid of Mueller, call me back when it's done. Mueller says in his report, point blank, that Trump's, quote, efforts to influence the investigation were mostly unsuccessful, but that is only because the persons who surrounded the president declined to carry out orders or accede to his requests. That's it. That's the only reason they weren't successful. Now, if I try to rob a bank and fail, do you think the cops will say to themselves, oh, well, I mean, he didn't rob a bank. He, he just held them at gunpoint and tried to get away with it. Hell no. On no planet would that happen. Attempting to collude with Russia. He did that as well. Let's remember, in the middle of the 2016 election, Donald Trump's dumbass son, was invited to meet with a Russian national regarding, quote, information that would damage Hillary Clinton and would be very useful to Donald Trump. Now, his son enthusiastically took that meeting, saying, quote, 
I love it. When told Russian nationals may have dirt on Clinton, Paul Manafort, who is also in jail right now, and Jared Kushner, they also attended that meeting. Now, federal law prohibits campaigns from soliciting anything of value from a foreign national. Now, what does anything of value mean? Just cash money? Hardly, hardly. Damaging information against someone you're running against for president? There's value there. Let's not kid ourselves. Now, all of that shit brings us to Ukraine. Ukraine. Have you been hearing about Ukraine lately? If not, wake up! Wake the hell up. So what happened? Hmm? What happened? At this point, here's what we know. Multiple, not just one, but multiple whistleblowers from inside Trump's own intelligence agencies have come forward to say that Donald Trump, on multiple occasions pressured the president of Ukraine to open a bogus corruption investigation of former Vice President Joe Biden and, more specifically, his son, Hunter. Now, let's just pause here for a second and remember this. Donald Trump has never been shy about the fact that he welcomes any and all help when it comes to conjuring up nonsense to try and bash other people. Not only did he literally say on national television, Russia, if you're listening, I hope you find the 30,000 emails. He said that on TV. There's tape of it. We could pull it up right now. But he also, just last June, told ABC's George Stephanopoulos that he'd be more than willing to collude once again. Your campaign this time around, if foreigners, if Russia, if China, if someone else offers you information on an opponent, should they accept it or should they call the FBI? I think maybe you do both. I think you might want to listen. I don't, there's nothing wrong with listening. If somebody called from a country, Norway, we have information on your opponent. Oh, I think I'd want to hear it. You want that kind of interference in our elections? It's not an interference. They have information. I think I'd take it. Yeah, we know you would take it because you took it last time, you fucking idiot. Jesus! Now here's what's even crazier, if you can imagine. About a month before that interview, Trump's personal lawyer and his personal troll from under the bridge, Rudy Giuliani, announced to the public that he was planning a trip to Ukraine specifically to push for investigations that would help Trump dig up dirt on political opponents such as Joe Biden. After an outcry and and immense public pressure, Rudy canceled the trip. But to this day, seems to think that, that it would have been justified and legal. Now, this is he's supposed to be a lawyer. He used to be a well-respected prosecutor. If he knows anything, he should know the law, don't you think? Truly, though, I don't know what the hell Rudy Giuliani thinks about anything. I mean, much like Giuliani himself, I can never seem to keep the things he says straight. Did you t ask the Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden? No, actually, I didn't. I asked the Ukraine to investigate the allegations that there was interference in the election of 2016 by the Ukrainians for the benefit of Hillary Clinton, for which there already is a you court finding. You never asked anything about Hunter Biden. You never asked anything about Joe Biden. The only thing I asked about Joe Biden is to get to the bottom of how it was that Lutsenko, who was appointed, right. dismissed the case against Antac. So you did ask Ukraine to look into Joe Biden? Of course I did. You just said you didn't. No, I didn't ask him to look into Joe Biden. I asked him to look into the allegations that related to my client, 
which tangentially involved Joe Biden in a massive bribery scheme, Rudy. not unlike Rudy. what he did in China. Rudy. Did you t ask the Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden? No, actually, I did. So you did ask Ukraine to look into Joe Biden? Of course I did. You just said you didn't. No, I didn't ask him to look into Joe Biden. Yeah, I mean, somebody get him some help. Somebody get him some help. Poor Rudy Giuliani. I mean, he looks like he does. And then he goes on TV and says that kind of stuff. However, I've never seen anyone with more blind confidence. So fuck him. Okay, so Trump went beyond pressuring Ukraine. He didn't just pressure them. It was actually said that he was withholding $250 million of military aid to Ukraine. Now, that's money they desperately need in order to defend themselves from Russia, the country that helped Trump win in the first place. Win. Air quotes. Congress had approved that money to go immediately to Ukraine. There was no rhyme or reason or any legality to delaying it or withholding it. Over the phone, though, eight times Trump told the Ukrainian president that he wanted him to do Trump a favor of reopening a bogus investigation. He was withholding the money. The Ukrainian president, I assume, called to say, hey, why are you holding the money? And Trump says, I need you to do me a favor. Eight times, he said, I need you to do me a favor and reopen this investigation. In other words, do me this favor and you'll get your desperately needed money. This is not an episode of The Sopranos. This is how Donald Trump conducts himself when he's able to be even slightly coherent. He surrounds himself with babbling guys like Giuliani and he conducts himself this way. Now, how is Trump reacting? Well, ever since this news broke and Nancy Pelosi made the announcement that impeachment is underway, he's been reacting just like the caged animal he always has been. Unless you heard the Adam Schiff version where he made up my conversation. He actually made it up. It should be criminal. It should be treasonous. He should resign from office in disgrace. And frankly, they should look at him for treason because he is making up the words of the president of the United States. Call him Shifty Schiff. We don't call him Shifty Schiff for nothing. He's a shifty, dishonest guy. He couldn't carry his blank strap. I won't say it because they'll say it was so terrible to say. But that guy couldn't carry his blank strap. There's needles and drugs all over the street. There's tents. There's people that are dying in squalor. Gavin Newsom, he's another beauty. I was sued by him. He said, do nothing. He says, hey, hey, tell Vlad, I'll, I'll talk to him after the election's over. I'll talk to him. Nobody reports that. <laughs> I think a whistleblower should be protected if the whistleblower's legitimate. We had the Mueller uh, collusion delusion, okay? That went on for years. They couldn't find one damn thing. She hands out subpoenas like they're cookies. Look, Biden and his son are stone Called crooked. Did what, you hear me? Did you, want did you hear me? And if the press were straight and honest and forthright and tough, we would be a far greater nation. We would be a far greater when we don't have the CNNs of the world who are corrupt people. Thank you very much, everybody. Okay. Now, these are not the ramblings of some vagrant rummaging through garbage on a subway platform. By the way, A. Willie's here. Hello, A. Willie. Hello. So, you wouldn't take someone seriously if they were eating their own feces and playing with bugs and dirt. 
That's what he sounds like. So why are we taking him seriously? And what I find actually more maddening, and he's done this always, and it's always made me mad, is that he and his shrinking band of people who are willing to go out and defend the indefensible, how do they do it? How do they defend this stuff? They can't. It's indefensible. So instead, they just distract, deflect, change the subject, and they resort to good old whataboutism. Let's go back to that interview, that insane, if you can call it an interview, Giuliani gave on CNN. Notice how he changes, he totally throws a charge at Chris Cuomo, the interviewer. And I you don't want like to evasiveness. Evasiveness. I don't want to distort what I'm saying. I don't want to distort. you're totally biased. I'm not biased. You are, Why Chris. would I have you it's on sad. if I were biased, knowing because, that we're going to have this kind of conversation? Because it is sad to watch what happened to you. It's sad. Oh, I'm Joe standing Biden up for two systems can be involved in bribery. Joe Biden's son can get $1.5 billion from China, and you won't cover it. And you want to cover some ridiculous charge that I urged the Ukrainian government to investigate corruption. Well, I did, and I'm proud of it. Well, then and it's not, then it's not a ridiculous you. allegation. You it's just admitted it. It's a ridiculous allegation. You just it's admitted it. It's a ridiculous it. allegation. Rudy, of course, you of just course, admitted of that you did it. Okay, yeah. He did admit it, then called it ridiculous. But more importantly, you're biased. You're a sellout. You don't want to cover whatever. I mean, something, it's like, get him his medication. And the last clip I'll play is truly the worst of the worst. The worst? He's worse. I don't know. This is Stephen Miller, the president's personal demon from hell, on a recent appearance on Fox News. Fox News, okay, that's the one agency that Trump likes. Here he is on Fox News, and this is how he responded when asked just for a response to the whistleblower's complaint regarding Trump and Ukraine. I think it's unfortunate that the media continues to describe this individual as a whistleblower and honorific that this individual most certainly does not deserve. A partisan hit job does not make you a whistleblower just because you go through the Whistleblower Protection Act. Well. First of all, how do you know that this is a partisan hit job? And how do you know that this is not a whistleblower? In fact, under, well, you know what? Let's, let's go back this. And I, and I, we're going to jump around a little bit because I didn't know you were going to go here. Here is the comment from the DNI, the acting DNI before Congress, uh, Joe McGuire in his testimony this week. Take a look. I believe that the whistleblower and the inspector general have acted in good faith throughout. I have every reason to believe that they have done everything by the book and followed the law. That is the director of national intelligence, Joe McGuire, a lifetime servant of this country, a Navy SEAL. He says that the whistleblower was acting in good faith and acting by the book. On what basis do you say that this was a partisan hit job? First of all, if you read the seven-page little Nancy Drew novel that the whistleblower put together, it drips with condescension, righteous indignation, and contempt for the president. Okay, didn't answer the question, but that's not a surprise. Stephen Miller, who couldn't tell you if the whistleblower is a man or a woman, and who, by the way, came from within Trump's own intelligence agency, so more than likely was a Trump appointee blindly calls them a partisan hack and refers to their complaint as a, a little Nancy Drew novel in order to say that it was condescending and it was indignant. Completely insane. These people are the worst on the planet. In every one of these clips I've played, you've heard Trump and others refer to individuals 
and media companies as corrupt, biased, dishonest, just bad. Really, I mean, he's called people bad people. Donald Trump has made it no secret that the only network he likes is Fox News and that his favorite host is far and away Sean Hannity. Here's how Sean Hannity opened his show last Thursday night. Welcome to Hannity. We have big breaking news tonight on multiple fronts. A former top prosecutor from Ukraine has now implicated, yes, sleepy, creepy, crazy Uncle Joe in what is a very serious crime. We have brand new evidence, including a signed affidavit signed under the threat of perjury, the real charge of perjury, if in fact he lied. Rudy Giuliani's comprehensive timeline coming up tonight, and it is very revealing. Also, this important news and information will prove that the media mob has been and continues to be covering for Joe Biden and his son. Also, the fraudulent Pelosi Schiff impeachment circus is getting off to a horrific start. Their first star witness just literally shot down and deflated all of the left's anti-Trump impeachment fantasies. And by the way, the cowardly Adam Schiff has been caught in yet another disgusting lie. There are now growing calls for the liar in chief, the cowardly Shifty Schiff, to be kicked off his committee. Also, that was one minute. That was the first opening minute of his show last Thursday. They... This guy, and he has the number one show on a network with news in the title. And he, with the president, that was one minute. You heard him say, sleepy, creepy, crazy Uncle Joe, to refer to the former vice president. The media mob has been and continues to cover for Joe Biden and his son. We have new evidence with Rudy Giuliani's comprehensive anything Rudy Giuliani is a private citizen, and we've heard him talk. There's nothing comprehensive or that should be taken seriously from him at this point. Fraudulent Pelosi Schiff impeachment circus. Their star witness, notice he didn't name them because there has been no witnesses yet, just literally shot down and deflated all of the left's anti-Trump impeachment fantasies. He literally shot it down with a gun. The cowardly Adam Schiff, Shifty Schiff, all that Crap. Now, it's not, I mean, it's bad enough that he has a show to begin with, but when that is the one show and agency, and I don't, I hate actually to blanket the whole agency because they do have some good journalists, but that's his, that's his number one news show, Sh news show. People, millions of people watch that every night. It has the word news in it. And then they're out there calling every other news agency that isn't Fox, corrupt, biased, fake, dishonest. I mean, the pot calling the kettle black is like, doesn't describe, I mean, it's just an understatement. And before I do move on, I really want to zero in on this for a second, because a lot of times I do hear people say that, yeah, you know, Fox is conservative and it's clearly right wing, but, you know, CNN and MSNBC, they're just as bad. They're so liberal. Okay, let's put that to bed just once and for all. That is, that is horse shit. And people should really stop saying it. Yeah, there are liberals on other networks. Just like That's like saying, because my sister is a ballet dancer, I couldn't possibly report on the corruption taking place at the New York City Ballet and Juilliard. Sounds crazy, right? Of course it is. It doesn't make any fucking sense. I mean, I have friends who say they like to play devil's advocate <laughs> or be a contrarian or whatever. They'll send me photos of, he'll send me snaps or whatever of him watching Fox News with some 
caption about how he's watching the real news. He's joking. He's just trying to, you know, rile me up or whatever. And I know that. However, sometimes I do question if he is joking, you know, I mean, probably not completely. No, No, of course not completely. And in the text recently, I actually, after some of that, hearing some of that handy stuff, I really did say like, I hope you aren't actually watching those shows. You know, Shep, Shepard Smith and Chris Wallace, who, uh, who conducted that interview with Stephen Miller, they are journalists. Hannity is not, and I don't even think he would claim to be. But people like Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson are straight up poisonous. You know, they're hypocritical shitheads. They aren't even commentators. They're professional lapdogs who will just say anything, do anything to make Democrats look bad and Trump look good. And my friend's response was something like, oh, stop, unless you're going to tell me to, unless you're going to say the same about all of CNN and MSNBC. So that's where he's wrong. And that's where a lot of people are wrong. And it's dangerous not to recognize the distinction. Listen, you may dislike certain people on CNN or MSNBC because you find them smug or don't like their sense of humor or whatever. But no one, no one on those networks actually bends over backwards to try and make things look a certain way or just paint things or just create things out of whole cloth. They don't try and paint various people as like something they aren't, but also innocent people and say they've done horrible things that they can't even name. The links Sean Hannity and those others have gone to try and make Comey, Mueller, Hillary Clinton, uh, Rod Rosenstein, Democrats, anyone who ever goes against Trump in any way as like, dishonest, corrupt, evil people. I mean, you just heard it. And it's like schoolyard, immature, whiny little bitch type stuff. And it's matched only by their efforts to make Trump out to be this innocent choir boy who wants nothing more than to make America great again, but is constantly victimized, victimized, like he's ever been a victim. He's victimized by everyone, though. I mean, anyone who tells the truth about him. And if it sounds like all you hear or read on CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, NPR, the New York Times, Washington Post, if it sounds like all they report is negative stuff, there's a reason for that. It's because they report on the things that Trump says and does. And he does and says bad things, things that make him look bad. And just because the facts make Trump look bad doesn't mean the facts are unfair or biased. For the love of fucking God. You know, you don't pretend that certain facts are in dispute to give the appearance of fairness to people who don't believe them. Balance, when it comes to that, is irrelevant. It has nothing to do with truth, logic, or reality. Now, I'm not saying that everyone on those other networks, or excuse me, I'm not saying that everyone on MSNBC or CNN are perfect. I dislike plenty of them. I mean, because I find them smug or whatever. But when you find yourself feeling tired of hearing about all the suspicious, unscrupulous, irresponsible, misguided, totally illegal stuff Trump and his team are up to, don't innately question the reporter or the network for covering it, for God's sakes. Maybe question Trump and his team for doing all that shit. And if you think they've explained it away, take a, you know, listen again to some of those interviews. Despite what Trump may say over and over and over and over again, respectable journalists and people who actually get paid to report the news, they don't just pull stories out of thin air and make shit up. If they did that, they would be fired. They could be I mean, their whole careers would be ruined. They make a living by getting it right. And if they get it wrong, they have to correct it and apologize, unlike someone I know. They care very much about getting things right and work very hard to build and retain credibility. Even when someone on Fox 
says anything Trump doesn't like, suddenly they're bad. Suddenly he attacks Fox. Isn't it a little weird that Trump thinks that every news agency, every news agency is failing or fake or phony? CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, NPR, BBC, New York Times, Washington Post, Time, Variety, Boston Globe, Kansas City Star. They're all just liars and fake. What a weird. I mean, what a horrible world we're living in. And if you're still supporting Trump, then that's okay. And I don't think there's any reason to reach out to those people. Do you? Uh, well, I mean, try and convert them. That's not my point. I Yeah, if you're still supporting Trump at this point, there's no conversion. And and who cares? Like, if you're still supporting Well, I think, it, it, I think it's crazy because he could get reelected. I mean, that's why it matters. Sure he could. But, and I think the issue there is... Well, wait, actually, because that just reminds me. Throughout all those interviews as well, you heard the... Stephen Miller's and Rudy Giuliani's talk about how the Democrats are trying to overturn a demo democratically elected president. The people spoke and all that horse shit. Right. I mean, let's not fool ourselves. Nobody thinks that we live in a democracy. We all know he got 3 million fewer votes. Now, only here, I was going to say on this planet, but really in this country, can you get 3 million fewer votes and lose? Or excuse me, 3 million fewer votes and win. I think another crazy example of that is how like this whole conversation of, oh, so he probably will be impeached, but then there's no way the Senate, right, will convict him. Yeah. Like, that's so probably what, true. What, what a failed system, though, that, well, you, that you could be found. I mean, I guess that's a check and a balance, but you I can mean, be found as abusing power. And then because of like a two party system, you're almost well, certainly safe. But it's like, but the thing is, is that it is like the electoral college is horrible and has been way before Trump came around. And like there are the impeachment system is broken too. However, it, none of it anticipated anything like this. This is truly beyond the pale. Right. Maybe it could break it. Well, like, like in a good way, you know, I mean, like, here's the thing. The Senate won't probably won't throw him out, right. but, but that doesn't mean that the Congress shouldn't go forth with the impeachment. No, I think they should do the first half of the gig. Yeah. You know? Well, Look, when history looks back on this, kind of just like the Joe McCarthy era when he was calling everyone a communist and pulling people in front of congressional hearings just to be like, air their dirty laundry, just to humiliate and shame them for anything, his own enemies, personal enemies. When people look back on that, they recognize him as a lunatic and they look at the people who sat idly by and did nothing as criminally enabling him. Right. When people look back on this, and it's stunning to me that people like Mitch McConnell don't think about this. I mean, William Barr has said, like, I don't care how people think of me. I'll be dead. <laughs> it's like, okay, then just why don't you help us out and go speed up that process? <laughs> Seriously. And But people will look back on this and they'll think, what a crazy, how did that ever happen? Oh, my gosh. But it's not just Trump. They will think about these Republicans who are on television, you know, the Internet it's like everything's going to last forever. No one's going to have to go to a library to find this footage of actual congressmen making excuses for him trying to sell or trying to extort the Ukrainian president. It's just absolutely baffling. And they will, you will, be, they will be remembered for nothing else because God knows we didn't know who they were before they were horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but I wonder what that uh, last example you said, like, mm -hmm. so we're, that basically means we're just repeating history. 
Because it's like well, repeating, but worse. This is worse. Right, I mean, right, here's like the, the thing. only good outcome of that last situation would be, well, surely it won't happen again. And now we're seeing a well, worse version. Well, I don't know. Again, people like to act as if, well, yeah, you know, Russia, they interfered and James Comey made this outrageous announcement and all these things happened to completely handicap Hillary Clinton. But she didn't go to Wisconsin and she should have won. She only got three million more votes destroyed him in every debate, was leading in the polls from the first day until the last day on election day. Every poll had her winning by a huge margin. But we want to look back and be like, well, she was just a horrible candidate. Fuck her. I mean, you know, I'm not worried about him getting, if he gets reelected, it'll be because of something like that. Period. Yeah. And the thing is, is like his mar his base, these people that I say are not going to be converted and we shouldn't try that's not enough to elect them. It's the people who sat home or the people who voted for fucking Jill Stein. Those are the people who are truly responsible. Honest to God. Yeah. Along with Russia. Did you vote? Oh God. No. You didn't vote? No. Okay. We got to move on. <laughs> Get out. I'm sorry. Why did you not vote? What's wrong with you? Um, I actually had a very eye-opening experience because I didn't vote. There was an important vote in Georgia recently with uh, Stacey Abrams, right? Yeah. That would have been like very yeah, like a landmark. Okay. See, you're part no, of the problem. I am part of the problem. I'm sorry. And I, but I had a very awkward thing where I sat at work. I sat across from this Marine guy who I really respected. And he, this, he was like, oh, that's so cool that you get to vote. Uh, like what's it called like an absentee ballot yeah like, where it matters right that's so cool that you get to vote where it matters and i was like oh no like i'm not registered and he gave me like the most stern like what get, get your shit together like, yeah th this is your responsibility and so as a marine i i, I felt like such a dumbass and I, your brother for god's sakes yeah no i know it's, <laughs> it's, honestly it's embarrassing um but wait. But it was a big eye-opening moment. Yeah. I have a friend who also, well, they voted, but they're registered in Michigan and they voted for fucking Jill Stein. And when I asked them three months after the election, okay, well, at least in hindsight, you you know, if you could do it again, you'd vote for Hillary Clinton. Right. And they said, no, they don't have any regrets. And I just wanted to, oh, I mean, it's like, I can't even make a joke. It was so, this, that's why he could win again. It's because of this blind Blind devotion to a certain candidate, in his case, Bernie Sanders. And when he didn't win the nomination, I wanted Hillary to get the nomination in 2008. Right. I was a huge supporter of hers. And that race was way closer than the one between her and Bernie ever was. And she was in it to the last Bernie second. Bernie get screwed too? Not, no. Not to play. <laughs> no, that's horse shit. I mean, like, here's oh, the thing. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. People like, okay, in all of that, they didn't, you know, when it comes to like fundraising from the DNC and whatnot. Yeah, it wasn't ideal for him because of the way he chose to run his campaign, which right. is fine. Which is like grassroots. But when it comes down to number of votes, he had million fewer votes. He was never going to get the nomination over Hillary. And frankly, I find it interesting for people who nowadays say, well, Bernie would have beat Trump. Really? He didn't beat Hillary. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, this blind devotion to a certain candidate, so much so. So, yeah, I really wanted Hillary to win in 08. And she was like supposedly the, you know, foregone conclusion and blah, blah, blah. And at that time, truly, and I remember 
thinking, who is this guy, this Barack Obama? I, we had no one had ever heard of him. He was a state senator. He had been a state senator for a while, and he had become a senator from Illinois only like two years before. Can you tell me who the senators from Illinois are right now? No. Right. Neither can I. I had never heard of him. And I was like, who is this guy? And the fact that his popularity kept growing in this momentum, it pissed me off. I did not like that how this was happening. Well, he was also the first black president. Okay, but at the time, that first of all, that's not what we're talking about. I know. I'm talking about Saying that. My only point of even bringing it up is that when Hillary did end up losing, did it ever occur to me to vote for fucking anyone else? No. It took me a day or two to kind of get over it. Just like with her, she was out on the campaign trail for him. And probably she was a little more upset than I was. Right. I mean, for God's sake, Bernie never went out and you know, this is okay. We don't need to, we don't have time to really get into. We have other things to talk about on the show, but that's where we are right now. We'll see if he's held accountable. I don't think he will be by the Senate as we, as we said, but we'll see. Yeah, I agree with that. And whoever the nominee is, get, make yourself love them. <laughs> and if you don't, then you're part of the problem. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, you're listening to the next best thing on Reader Free Brooklyn. We're going to take a very short break and get into the more fun and light side of the show. Oh, good. I know. Are you Great. worn out? Okay. Yeah. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. So, if you'd like to support our mission so we can continue to bring you quality community radio, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. You can donate as little as a dollar, and every cent helps. Helps us to continue to stay on the air. So, please, please help support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. And remember, RFB is a 501c3 nonprofit, so your contribution is tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Again, that's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. This is the next best thing. I don't think A. Willie knew that he was going to have another... Test his knowledge. Oh, shit. Game. <laughs> a, Willie, we're still getting to know A, Willie. And last time we did movie scenes, and he was pretty impressive, actually. I got lucky, yeah. No, you knew them. You can't okay. get lucky. Sorry. So today, it's a little more difficult. And you can't use the excuse that you don't watch TV, because I don't really either. Today, we're testing A, Willie's knowledge on well-known TV themes. All right. From all eras. From all genres. Okay. So there are six. That's a lot. And there really is a prize this time. Sweet. For every question you get right, you get cash money. What? And for everyone you get wrong, you have to cut off a digit. <laughs> a yeah, a finger. Oh. A digit. No, no you I don't. Know but for real, you won't have to cut off a digit. Okay. But you do get actual prize money. Can you believe it? No. Okay. Let's get this show on the road. Ready, a Willie? Ready. Okay. What is this theme? By the looks of things, he has no fucking clue. Any idea, A. Willie? 
Uh, now, listen. Is it a game show? Can I ask questions? You can't ask questions. <laughs> Obviously, it's a game show. Oh, but here's the thing. The Price is Right. Why do you say that? I was just, that song made me picture like happy uh, <laughs> people like cheering. Okay, Price is Right. Is that your final answer? Yes. Hell yeah! Ooh. Yeah, good. I was just picturing like now, families cheering. Who watches that show? Not us, but you, I'm sure you've seen it like when you're homesick from school or something. Yeah. Yeah. And remember, have your you have your pets spayed or neutered. We'll see you next time, Bob Barker. <laughs> Way to go. You get a you get a cash prize for that. This one should be easy. I you're never supposed to say that. Yeah. But it should be. Okay. Ready for round two? Ready. Here we go. I wanna say, if you get this wrong. Never mind. You know, right? <laughs> This guy was a popular comedian. Right? You don't get to ask questions, Awin. Seinfeld. Final. Yeah, that bass. That's way too easy. Yeah. That was very easy. They that get hard. That should have been your intro. Sorry. My intro. Like, as in that should have been the, the first. first level. No, too easy. Too easy. Oh, they don't necessarily get harder. Although this okay. one's a little harder. Okay, <laughs> round three. Do you know it? My guess is that that is the David Letterman show. Final answer. I don't know what to pick because the correct answer was the late show with David Letterman. Oh my God. So, <laughs> all right. All the right. Late show with David I'll Letterman. give it with you. I'll give it to you. Unbelievable. Indeed. I'm good. It's good that you know that because you are, let's see. So he went off the air four years ago. So you were only 20, right? Right. You would love him, though. I mean, if you really saw I, him like in his heyday. I love him. And I have watched a ton of him because he is or two of my heroes. I know. Or frequent guests. Norm MacDonald, which, by the way, we have to talk about. And Bill Murray. I will say this, though. Yeah, Bill Murray's great on that show. Norm MacDonald, I think, gave his best stand-up performance ever the last on time he was on. Show. Yeah. The World that War was II so joke. funny. Yeah. Just so random. He was like, hey, you know, I was thinking about this. I.D. ID, a way to break that up is I for I, I. D for identification. <laughs> How random. But he, yeah, that was, that was, he's a genius. That was great. I don't know if he's a genius. He all is. right. All right. Moving right along here. So you're he three for he three. He should be the president. Yeah. Keep going. He's not, he's Canadian. Oh. All right. Three for three. Here we go. Number four. Okay, I know you've watched this show your whole life. <laughs> what is it? it? Sounds so New York. Can I ask a question? No, but yes. <laughs> what? Is it a sitcom? Okay. Twas. Uh, You're never gonna if you don't if it doesn't come to you like right away. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Girl, you nasty. <laughs> Cheers is where everybody knows oh, your shit. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That is I Dream of Genie. Oh, I've never heard of it. You've never heard of it? I've never I never really watched it, but that's a very well known I Dream of Genie? <laughs> yeah. It was like in the sixties. Oh god. So I didn't watch it either. So but I'm, ev- not, I'm not everyone knows it myself. Well you should be. All right. The next one. This is number five. So you're three for four. Here's number five. Holy crap. You don't know it. I'm picturing a convertible. Wrong. I'm picturing. <laughs> really? One more time. Listen to it one more time. People hugging Let, each other. That's fine. That's good. Okay. okay. Listen one more time. Let it sink in. Yes. Oh no, I was gonna say friends, but that has words. Um <laughs> so does this one. Oh yeah. I wouldn't have played it with the words. God. Okay. I don't know. You but I'll guess. I'll guess. Yeah. It's a happy song. So it's a happy So it's show. not rescue nine one one or cops. You're running out of time. I have no clue. I'm stunned by that. Sex in the City. Girl, you nasty. The Brady Bunch. Oh, I've never seen it. Yeah, I know, but everyone knows. Here's the story of a lovely lady. You don't know it. Oh, the no. Brady Bunch. Have da, you ever, da, 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 have Brady you ever seen bunch. Jamie Foxx sing that? No. <laughs> <laughs> have you? And yeah. you still didn't get it? Well, no, he sings like a slow, sexy version. Gross. Very funny stand-up. Gross. You're so you were three for three. Now you're three for five. Holy crap, folks! He's falling fast. <laughs> okay, here's the last one. Okay. Now, if I had to pick of all six, I would say this is the one you won't get. Okay. Well then, I'm fine. <laughs> Here we go. I'm not giving you any clues because anything I say will kind of give it away. Okay. I have two guesses in This my is head. one of the most recognizable themes in the world. Go ahead. Recognizable? Okay, that well, eliminates one of my guesses. No, you can no, I would guess. I would guess it. But your first one's gonna be your official answer. So what uh, is it? I feel like it's a crime show. That's the vibe I'm getting. I'm not giving any clues. But I don't think it's SVU. Oh, wait. Is Law & Order SVU the same thing? Like, it, okay. <laughs> is it what? What do you mean the same thing? Is, is, like, is Law & Order yeah. and S, that's one show? Well, no. They're two different shows, but I think they have the same theme. So it's not that. Um, crime show. According to you. Is it in a hospital? Okay, you're running out of time. Just <laughs> guess. Um, CSI. Final? Sure. Girl, you nasty. Okay, it's not supposed to say girl, you nasty every time, but girl, you nasty. nasty. (laughs) All right. 
three for six, a nice 50 percenter. I think that's an F. That's not worth cash. <laughs> no. no. Okay. That. What was that? I was going to say I love the show, but I didn't because in our improv class, at one point, I actually talked about this show. Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, I never would have gotten that. I know. That's why I put it on here. But the real reason I put it on here is not was not just to fool you. It was because this is a perfect transition. My favorite segment of the show. We go over supernatural stuff, review scary movies, and share true scary stories and discuss them. And here is one. One that took me fucking forever to find. I, I just remembered seeing it. On Unsolved Mysteries. I'm talking like that because Robert Stack hosted that show for at least 500 years. Yeah. And he, 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 made, spooky. he made that show. He was always wearing a trench coat and walking in some alley with fog. And he'd be like, a mother took her daughter to the grocery store and never saw her again. <laughs> so he, made, he added the line. <laughs> okay, so here's our first spooky story. I'm ready. And basically, listen to it because at the end I want to talk about this is like a ghost like this a is campfire real. story no this is a this is a legit no but I mean, I mean but we're about to hear a telling no oh <laughs> it's not gonna we're be someone to with a flashlight okay that's what it's, I this is how it was presented on unsolved mysteries oh, oh great that's what i mean i i remembered seeing it on unsolved mysteries yeah, at yeah, some yeah. point and uh it took me okay. forever to find here it is and it's supposedly true we'll talk about it on the other side of the fence here we go February 21st, 1977, at approximately 9 p.m. on a cold winter night, Chicago firefighters responded to a call from a lakefront residential building. When the firemen arrived, they found that the blaze was confined to an upper floor apartment. Inside, a mattress in the middle of the living room floor was engulfed in flames. Initially, the apartment seemed unoccupied, but soon the firemen made a grim discovery. Jack's got a body here. Beneath the mattress, they found the body of a woman named Teresita Bassa. She had been stabbed in the chest. It also appeared that she had been raped, and the fire set in an attempt to cover up the murder. The police are bewildered by this brutal crime. The official autopsy revealed that Teresita Bassa had not been raped. There was no apparent motive and little physical evidence. The investigation quickly reached a dead end. Then nearly six months later, police were startled by a lead as mystifying as a crime itself. A Chicago couple claimed that the victim, Teresita Bassa, had named her own killer after she was murdered, speaking to them from beyond the grave. She worked as a respiratory therapist at a Chicago hospital. Breathe in deeply and slowly, and open your mouth. Co-workers described Teresita as a dedicated professional who gave all her time and energy to her patients. She seemed to have absolutely no enemies until the night of February 21st. Smoke and fire damage had destroyed all fingerprints and nothing seemed to be missing from Teresita's apartment. Veteran Chicago detective Joe Stahula was totally baffled. The only real piece of evidence we found was a memo indicating that she was expecting to obtain some theater tickets for a subject by name of A.S., who might have been uh, expected at the apartment on that night. 
Joe Stahula desperately grasped at any straw that held out hope of solving the case. Five and a half months after the murder, he responded to a strange call that would take his investigation into the realm of the paranormal. A Filipino physician had heard about Teresita Bassa through his wife. The two women had worked together at the hospital. We will call them Enrico and Alicia Borda. They would tell Stahula an unbelievable but compelling story. Being a police officer, I've run into a lot of strange things. I've always tried to keep an open mind about it. It was a funny situation. Being a policeman, you can tell when somebody's sincere and when they firmly believe uh, they're giving you good information. I could tell it that uh, he believed what he was telling me was the truth. What I'm about to tell you may sound bizarre. You see, I worked with the late Teresita. We were both respiratory therapists at the hospital. Alicia told Detective Stahula of a strange series of events that took place after Teresita's death. Late one night, after working a long shift, Alicia had gone to a hospital lounge for a short nap. She said that seconds after she closed her eyes, she felt a ghostly presence in the room. It was Teresita Bassa. At first, I thought I was dreaming. I could not believe my eyes. But she is looking at me, staring at me. I did not know what to do. I, I was so frightened. I, I pray. A couple of weeks after Alicia had seen Teresita, the boarders went on to tell of a second experience two weeks later, this time at their home. Alicia. That night, Alicia had gone to bed early, complaining of extreme fatigue. Her husband had gone into the bedroom to check on her. Dr. Bordo said he asked her if she was all right, and he said her voice was different. Help me. And attempting to get his wife to talk more, he asked her, who are you? What is your name? Teresita Bassa. He was confused because he did not know Teresita Bassa at the time. You must go to the police. The police cannot find my killer. Tell them his name. Upon listening to this, I, I really picked up now, A.S. Finally know who A.S. And I asked him, who did he know who Alan Showery was? And he indicated from the uh, from the voice from Teresita Bassa that Alan Showery was an orderly that worked at the hospital with both his wife and Teresita Bassa. He said the first session only lasted about 30 minutes, and then at the end his wife woke up. He asked her if he, she knew what happened. She said she didn't. And then he sort of put it in the back of his uh, mind and didn't uh, act on it. What's the matter? He said then there was a second uh, session where the voice again possessed his wife. And at this time, the voice became more insistent. Why did you not go to the police? Why? He said he could not do anything to, to really help her, and the police couldn't do anything, proof. that they would need evidence. I will give you proof. And uh, at this point, the voice indicated jewelry. that she had some evidence for him, that it was her jewelry. After he killed me, he took my jewelry. He gave it to his girlfriend. First thought that came into mind is, how can I put this on an official police report? 
But at this point, we began a background check on Alan Showery. Besides knowing Teresita Vasa at the hospital, he lived a short distance from her. Do either of you recall Teresita Bassa ever mentioning that Alan Showery was going to go over to her apartment? We also learned from co-workers at the hospital that Alan Showery was expected over at Teresita's apartment that night to repair her television. The last time Alan was over at her This was probably the best clue that we had, putting him on the scene at the approximate time of the murder. Detective Stahula brought Alan Showery in for questioning. Alan, when was the last time that you were at Teresita Bassa's apartment? Showery admitted he had gone to Teresita's apartment that night to repair her television. I was there, but I was just there to fix the television, and I didn't have my tools, I didn't have the right he tools. He claimed he was unable to fix the set and returned to the apartment he shared with his girlfriend. Alan, that's not true. You went back. We decided to contact the girlfriend and ask her if uh, Alan had given her any jewelry recently within the last several uh, months or weeks. So when we contacted her, she indicated, uh, yes, he had. Alan Shawry's girlfriend agreed to let Teresita Bassa's relatives and friends inspect the jewelry Alan had given her. See if there's anything you can recognize or looks familiar to you. The family members immediately recognize a large green piece of jade and several other distinctive pieces of jewelry. Is there any other piece here look familiar? The ring. That's Teresita's ring. The ring on her finger? Yeah, she was wearing it the last time I saw her. Did Alan give you that ring? Yes, he did. How long ago did he give it to you? I don't know, it was about three months ago. It's all over, Alan. Confronted with this evidence, Showery made a full confession. While it defies belief, is it somehow possible that Teresita Bassa could have spoken through Alicia Border to catch her own killer? One thing is certain. Without the information Alicia provided, police would never have known the jewelry was missing, and Alan Showery would never have been arrested. To this day, I'm not quite sure if uh, Teresita came back. It's one of those bizarre incidents that you don't know is true or not true. Alan Showery pled guilty to a charge of murder. He was sentenced to 14 years in prison. Hold it! What the hell is that shit? I'm glad you reacted that way. Hold on, he went to jail for 14, 14 years. 14 years for admitting to first-degree murder. Also, he... When... He had the first 30 minute conversation with his with yeah. possessed wife. Yeah, he said he told the cops he didn't think anything of it. Well, no, not that it, here's the I'm actually. He literally said that. Well, <laughs> no, I don't think because he, he said that he couldn't go to the cops and be like, listen, I got this possessed wife and she swears that there's this murderer. Because that actually, actually, that part of the story, I'm glad that was in there because. Had he gone straight to the cops and they right, had been like, like they what? A ghost? Let's hear it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then it would have been like, okay. I guess. Well, okay. I didn't really want to end it with what the hell is that shit? I think it's more appropriate to be like. <laughs> Seriously, though. I think though, that story's crazy. Yeah. So like here's it. what we have to think about. Here's what, when you break all this down. First of all, 
we have to know and we have to kind of remind ourselves that this was for television, uh, presented for television, mm-hmm. you know, that way. Doesn't change the facts necessarily. That cop, for example, I'm sure he was not scripted. You know what I mean? He was, right. he, and he even said at the end, he was like, look, I don't know if it was, if that really happened or not, but I can tell you this much without the, uh, without the information, because they had no leads. Right. The case was cold. They suspected her boyfriend at first. They didn't know who AS was. So where did the where did the AS hint come from again? So they had found a an envelope at her burnt out apartment that said like tickets to cats for AS. Oh. They didn't know who AS was. They didn't know. So she was trading that for the TV mm-hmm. repair. Something like that. God, what a weird transaction. <laughs> Why? I mean, that's not that weird. They knew each other. He Will worked you at the fix hospital. My TV and I'll send you to the play. <laughs> no, it's just that, the, first of all, they were friends. Like, if, or they, well, they were acquaintances. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If, like, I, no, know, I know. Yeah. And they lived close to each other. I believe it. Do you? I Don't, actually do. Do you? Because you said you didn't believe in ghosts last time I asked. That's not true. I said I never saw one. Yeah, me neither. And I really want to. That's the thing. I really want to believe in all this stuff. Wait, can I? Actually, this is such a lame, quick story. But since we've talked, well, since now that you've built it up as lame and quick, <laughs> go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. What? Since we've talked, what? You've been seeing spirits. No, there's a weird thing though. My, what? So, my girlfriend told this story about how she had these two pictures that were like passed down in her family, and they're like religious uh, somethings, and they're connected to her grandfather who's dead. And she had hung them up in her in her room, and she had many paranormal experiences, and she felt like it was these things. So, anyways, she brought these to my apartment. Great. We, we had them in my room, and then like that night, we're laying in bed, and something like falls, and makes like a crashing sound on my dresser. And so now this I, had to have just happened, right? It happened a few nights ago, and I get up to go pick up whatever fell, and nothing has fallen. And it's like the first night with these two religious things. And no, wait a she, minute. We need some more information. She immediately gets up and grabs them and takes them out of my room. And she's like, I knew this was going to happen. Then why does she still have them? I don't know. I don't know. No, wait. You've described them as pictures of They're two like religious. It's like a Jesus. It's like two wood pieces. One's like a Jesus thing. And then one's like a Mother Mary. And a I think. Jesus thing. A picture of Jesus? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was like, is it the crucifix? <laughs> no. It's, he has like a yellow circle around his head. Also known as a halo. <laughs> okay, or a sun. Anyways. Yeah, the sun. It comes out of his head. <laughs> Wait a second. I just thought it was interesting that I told you a week ago I'd never had something. Are you all right? <clears throat> Ask me questions. Two photos. And I'm not bullshitting at all. I know. I don't think you would just make that up. Yeah. So two photos that your girlfriend has and what was the history? She said they're like. They're, they're, pass, they're passed down within her family, which I think is why she wouldn't just. Throw right. them away after something weird happens. And she knows that there's some something, she feels like there's something connected to them, but she doesn't know what it could possibly be. Like who? I think she's. Who's were these to begin with? I think they were her grandfather's. That son of a bitch. I'm just kidding. And like, I think they. And he wants them back. I think they've um, fallen over in her room randomly at night. That can happen. Right. But I think, and God, I feel don't. I don't remember the story, but oh. I think so, it was something having to do with her grandfather that night, and then she had this experience where things were falling over. But then she brought them to my house. Yeah. And Did she tell night, you about this before? She yes. Oh. Yes. But not, and then she just brought a bunch of stuff over. 
and that and she was like i want to set these up you know why though special to me she are you guys moving in together uh she's staying with me for a little while okay i was like why would she just be like oh i gotta go grab my toothbrush <laughs> my shampoo and those two no. pictures no she's she um has her stuff with me but yeah the first night that she because it was one of the last things she brought over because she brought like important stuff you know and then she brought like little uh family heirlooms yeah, or like, uh, what's it called? Like, uh, uh, knickknacks. <laughs> Tchotchkes. Yeah, yeah. And those were two of the last things. And then that night this happened. Anyways, hmm. I just thought it was interesting that since we've talked, because I, I definitely poo-pooed it last time we talked about it. Like, I was like, oh, I've never had anything. And it happened. Well. But anyways, I want to I get your take on this. What? What we just listened to. Well, what? I mean, like. I'm First of to... all, do you, do you buy it? Do I think it's. Well, here's my biggest question. If this happened, why has everyone not come back to solve their own murders? Mm. You know what I mean? Right. Like, was she the most ambitious dead person See, ever? No. I like <laughs> the answer to that has to be no. Like, and that is, that is kind of my underlying wonder. And it should be made clear. And I think I've said this, but I'll say it again. I am not one who immediately is like, what? Like, ghosts, pff, you're crazy. Like, whatever. It, with any of that stuff, magic, ghosts, psychics, all that stuff. I want, to, I want so badly to believe in that stuff. However, I'm grounded enough to be like, I sh- kind of need some evidence. <laughs> Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Now well, I have I mean, one story, but um, it's, I've shared it before and it's kind of long. It has to do, it took place at the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, which I know you know all about. Yeah. Just kidding. The Stanley Hotel is literally what it was literally where Stephen King was staying and what inspired him to write The Shining. Mm. Have you seen The Shining? Yes. Yeah. Love it. He didn't it wasn't filmed there because it couldn't be. There wasn't enough snow. But it was it is famously haunted, right. they say. It is a very it was a built by the guy who created Stanley Steamer like in the nineteen oh ones. Oh, he was creepy. All of those nineteen oh ones. Yeah. And it's just very famously haunted for various reasons. They say the top level is like where the used to be the children's quarters. And some kids back in those days would come down with like typhoid fever or some like something that would nowadays be easily cured, but wasn't back then and died up there. And they say that like people often complain about kids making noise late at night, little kids. Oh. And would I you, would you stay there? I did stay there. That's where the story happened. Oh. I think. Where I agree with you, I guess. Agree with me about what? The story I just told? No, no. (laughs) When you said, um, like, why wouldn't every dead person be, you know? It's like so many more people have died than are living. Yeah. So it would just be like. Not everyone who's died, but like unsolvable murders. Right. I'm just adding to that. Like there'd be 20 billion ghosts, you know, like how many people have died? Ever? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But like, so like for everyone that wanted to be a ghost, but not everyone died under mysterious circumstances. Right. But so not everyone. So you have to have creepily died to be a creepy ghost. I'm just saying like in this case, she was murdered and it was a cold case. It's interesting that you question the ghost though and not. I don't question the ghost. The girl who was possessed. Like you're like, no, I know. I'm saying like, cause my, my whole thing, the whole time I'm thinking like, what is up with this woman? Really? Well, they worked together. Well, I mean, no, but she was overtaken by a ghost. But she wasn't. She, she, like, she saw she was her possessed. first. 
Well, she saw her first. Did you listen to the story? Because yeah. <laughs> it's not like she was the exorcist and like being like, eh, solve my murder. She was asleep and her husband just walked like. But then she started speaking as the other person. Yeah, but softly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> right, but, but she wasn't conscious like, right. oh, what's happening to me? You know? No, I know, but I'm saying that's Inhabited. still insane. Yeah. Yeah. She but was I mean, a vessel for a dead person. Which you've heard, which I've heard of. Like. I haven't actually heard of that, like, yeah. in story form. They have to have an instrument to communicate with through something. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it's true. It could be total horseshit. I haven't seen it convincingly, but I've heard of it before. The thing that makes me mad, can I tell you what makes me mad about Please. this subject? What makes you mad about it? I, I think a lot of people who, like, go to these, go a lot of people who go to people who claim to be able to have access to these things are people who have gone through traumatic experiences. You should listen to my psychics episode because that's, I talk about that a lot. It's that's how they make their money. It's horrible. Right. And then these psychics say these, and, and again, like maybe it is real. No, most of it isn't. Now let's be real. I not, not psychics, but like maybe paranormal. I don't know. Like, or media. I don't know what the word is well, for like people who claim they can access clairvoyance. Yeah. But they're ba- if it's fake, they're just preying well, on traumatized people. But most of them are. That's the thing. But here's the thing. If this is real, which I'm not closed off to saying it could be. I don't think. Most people, right. it's very rare. And right. most people, I can tell you, I've paid to go see psychics and I've been like, give me, I would want my money back. I, I, I would maybe believe somebody who had a crazy story about a paranormal experience, but I don't believe I don't think I believe anybody whose job it is to access this. Especially when it's like. In fact, I definitely. Especially when it's like, okay, I'm a psychic. Now, who have you lost? Okay. Now, what was your relationship? You tell me, psychic. Yeah. Like, I hate that. Right. Like, oh, did you you have a grandma? I I did have a grandma. It's (laughs) like, oh, I can't believe it. Yes. Yes, I did. Or when they're like, oh, well. If you, if you question anything they say or do, their response is always the same. Check it out. Test it out if you want. They'll always be like, well, listen, I mean, you're, you're closed off. Your energy's bad, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, right. Like you're making it hard to read. <laughs> well, that's like saying, that'd be like if Michael Jordan was like, listen, I can dunk like you wouldn't believe I'm the best basketball player ever. But when people watch, I just get nervous and it's right. like, well, then what the fuck cares? Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm great at something, but not when this, that, or the other thing, then you're not great at it. You can't say you're a a psychic by definition is someone who is able to know things without being handed information. You can't be a psychic and then ask a bunch of questions. Right. And yet they all do. Yeah. That, and then now I'm wondering, like, are, is the type of person that would sign up to be a psychic? Sign up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have to take an exam. That's for damn sure. Right. I wonder, like, so are psychics like these manipulative, weird people, or are people that are becoming psychics the like crazy enough to believe they are doing what they're doing? You know what I mean? I think a like almost where they're not even, even if it's bullshit, they're not being disingenuous. No, I think I think a surprising number of them know damn well that they're full of shit. You just, it's totally a scam. Oh, yeah, we really do. There's this episode of The Next Best Thing called Psychics, Psychos. And it covers all this stuff with examples, like actual documented examples. Check out that episode. You would like it. Yeah, I know. I got to check it out. You really would. 
I know we're about to run out of time. Sorry that you didn't. I feel like this just shot by a Willie. That means it was good, right? Yeah. I had fun. A Willie. Hey, hey, Willie. A Willie. All right. That's just send off. So a Willie will be back someday. Somehow. I want to hear more about your, uh, that's your girlfriend. Pre- that's a good prediction. What? You might <laughs> yes, I know. I think I am a little bit. <laughs> All right. You've been listening to the next best thing. 